Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. I hope you guys are having a great start to your Friday here. We have an interesting end of the week. Uh, a couple of things in the news headlines that I think are worth talking about. Uh, a couple of mergers are happening, which is going to be interesting in the finance world. And our term of the day has to do with a headline. So let me get right into the term of the day. It's going to be an in-kind transfer, guys. So I-N hyphen kind, K-I-N-D, in-kind transfer. Now, look, this is probably one of the easiest like terms you can think of in the finance industry and it's still complicated. Okay. So an in-kind transfer, say I have a client and they have money at Vanguard. Okay. And Vanguard, very, very notorious in a good way for the lowest fees in the industry. I love Vanguard for any do it yourself investors out there, which there's quite a few of you listening. If you don't use Vanguard, you're doing it wrong. Okay. They have some of the lowest fees for mutual funds, ETFs. There's no fees for uh, trading stocks. I'm pretty sure there might be for penny stocks, but not for any, anything over $5. Most likely not. Um, whereas other places do American funds, even some are like, I know Charles Schwab where I hold my money. There's fees for mutual fund transaction and it's expensive. I think some are like 20 bucks to sell or buy. And I think there are some that are even $45. So an in-kind transfer, I'm getting on a tangent here. <laughs> an in-kind transfer, guys, is whenever that person at Vanguard says, hey, James, you know, I, I have $100,000 here in this mutual fund. I don't really want to do this anymore. Do you mind managing it for me? And I go, yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay, I just got a new client, right? So I have to make a decision because I'm not going to keep them in that mutual fund. I don't think that's a good mutual fund. So I have to decide, is it better to sell it at Vanguard and raise it as cash, right? So then all that comes over is cash. That $100,000 isn't a mutual fund, it's cash, comes over to me, and then I invest it. Or do I do what's called an in-kind transfer, where I say, hey, you know what? It's better that we hold that, uh, that mutual fund over at Schwab, and then we sell it. And so then I kind of have to make that decision. So an in-kind transfer is just if you take that mutual fund that's at Vanguard and you move it over to Schwab, that's it. That's an in-kind transfer, right? Very, very, very simple. Now, it gets a little bit complicated when we talk about the um, the new market head or the I guess the new tax that the Democrats are trying to propose on ETF in-kind transfers. But we'll get to that in a minute. But in-kind transfer, all you need to know is it's just moving what you got over to where you want it to go. Okay. So very, very simple for understanding that term. Okay, so what is happening in the news today? Global equity markets are mixed while U.S. stock futures are falling as the September churn for stocks continue. Guys, that's so true. September is just not a good month. <laughs> uh, it just notoriously hasn't been a good month for stocks. Uh, normally, the second half of the year is better than the first half, but the second half of the year has a couple of independent months where it's just historically not good for return. Uh, and it, September is one of those. Okay, so in Asia, the Hang Seng bounced back after a week of steep losses led by shares of tech and healthcare companies. The Shanghai Composite also returned to gains with shares of consumer staples advancing ahead of the mid-autumn festival. European averages are mostly lower. Travel and leisure company stocks are up as Britain considers easing COVID-19 transaction or COVID-19 travel restrictions. Okay, here's a term for you guys. It's called witching. Okay, so U.S. invest U <coughs> excuse me, U.S. investors are facing a quadruple witching day. That's a hard word. Quadruple witching day. Uh, when stock futures are in options expire. They also were looking ahead to next week's Federal Reserve meeting when policymakers may give more clarity on their plans to taper the bond buying program put in place to boost the economy when the pandemic hit. 
The Dow, S&P 500, and NASDAQ all begin the day slightly higher for the week. Gold is gaining after falling almost three weeks of the past two days, and oil and Bitcoin are trading lower. Okay, guys, so U.S. investors are facing a quadruple witching day when stocks and futures and options expire. Okay, so let me explain that. So, oh, God, I got to figure out how I phrase this because I know no one's going to know what that means. Um, hmm. Okay, so an option, guys, is I want you to think of an option like a coupon. Okay, so... Someone buys a coupon and when you have a, or someone gets a coupon and when you have a coupon, it allows you to buy something else at a different price, right? So when you have a coupon for milk, usually you get, I don't know, a dollar off or something. That would be what an option is for a stock. So there's, and it's, I don't want to get too complicated, but that is essentially what it is. So you buying a coupon, you say, Hey, you know what? I think I have Tesla. It's at, I don't know, just $500 right now. We'll say that it's higher than that, but it Tesla's at $500 and this coupon says, Hey, if you uh, if you buy this coupon for ten dollars, uh, and Tesla goes to two hundred and fifty dollars, we'll we'll buy it from you for five hundred. So it's almost like a defense mechanism. That is what options are. It's a defense mechanism as well as it is. It's also an offensive mechanism. I don't want to get too into detail here, but you have calls and puts when it comes to options. Okay, but those coupons, right? So if Tesla doesn't go to two fifty. Uh, within say three months, then that coupon expires and you're left with having paid this guy $10 for this coupon. Okay. So in that situation, there's a winner and there's a loser, right? But what you did was you paid 10 bucks to potentially defend a $250 loss on a stock. So if you look at it like that, options are a very good defense mechanism, but they get complicated, right? Cause you're not buying a stock. You're buying the right to something to be able to pay for that stuff. It's, it gets very, very complicated. But anyways, that's what's expiring today. There's a lot of contracts, options contracts that are expiring. Okay, so let's get into today's headline. So back to an in-kind transfer. So let me read this headline. Democrats proposed a new tax on exchange-traded funds, ETFs, which we talked about. We like those. Uh, the move would end tax-free in-kind transactions and is meant to stop wealthy investors and companies from bypassing capital gains tax. ETFs and tax-deferred retirement plans, such as 401k plans, would be exempted. Okay, so I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't really know what this is necessarily referring to because, as we said, an in-kind transfer is just taking something from Vanguard and putting it into Charles Schwab, right? And it's just as is. And then I decide as, as the advisor whether to sell it at Schwab or to sell it at Vanguard first so the only thing I can think of that this actually is saying so when you have mutual funds okay remember a mutual fund is a basket of stocks right it's just a basket usually it's hundreds and an ETF is something that tracks an index or it tracks a mutual fund but it trades like a stock so it's one thing it's one entity one stock I guess you could say that tracks a mutual fund or an index and they trade like a stock. And the only thing you need to know about how stocks trade is you can sell and buy within minutes or seconds, technically, of the trading day. Whereas mutual funds, you can only sell at the end of the day. Okay, And when you buy it, let's say you buy it at 8 a.m., you're going to get the price at 4.30 of p.m. That's how those things work. I know it sounds complicated, but just stick with me. So an ETF is kind of a, a more fluid and free way of trading in indexes or mutual funds. And what I don't get about this is that mutual funds, there's something called a fund family. And so you can change mutual fund 
Um, so a fund family will be like, a, say there's a growth fund, there's a balance fund, and there's a conservative fund. Well, they might all be in the same fund family. And so whenever you want to go between growth to conservative or conservative to growth or balance, whatever you want within that fund family, usually you can do that with no financial stipulation, right? So that might be what they're talking about here and tax-free in-kind transactions. So they might be talking about something like that. But as far as bypassing capital gains tax, I mean, I, <laughs> you're not selling anything. That's why you shouldn't have to pay capital gains taxes because you're not selling. It's literally a transfer. And you can't do that with most things. Most things you do have to go from, from equity to cash and then to new equity. But with these mutual fund families, you're allowed to sort of do this because they're all considered to be in the same, like they're either managed by the same manager or they have the same, they have enough of the same holdings that they're able to do that. So I find that to be very interesting. And also, um, what, what are the Democrats doing? And just, I say the Democrats just because it's, they seem to be the ones that want to tax people and what they don't get, what they just refuse to get is that it's rules first off for thee and not for me. They're not going to have to do any of this stuff. They will not have to do this. They will find ways, because they're a part of the government, they will find ways to bypass this transaction. Uh, but what they're actually going to be doing here is hurting the people who are in the middle class. It's just the way it works. Because, honestly, you know how you go from the middle class to the 1% from the upper class? Is investments. That's how you do it. And they're taking people's methods of becoming wealthy without getting these insane degrees and jobs. They're taking these people's methods and they're minimizing them. They're just keep putting their hands back in the pot. And again, I have no political affiliation as far as this podcast is concerned. I'm here to make you guys money and make myself some money. That's the best thing I can say. And so as, if I saw the Republicans doing this, I'd say, what, the, what are the Republicans doing? It's just frustrating to me that we can't. <sighs> Sorry, guys, I get passionate about this stuff. You know, um, there's no reason you should be taxed twice. You should be taxed at most one time. They're trying to tax people three, four, five, six times. And it doesn't matter if you're Joe Blow who works at McDonald's for 40 years or if you're Mr. You know, brain surgeon in uh, New York City and you get paid half a million dollars a year. It doesn't matter. If you're investing, you should be rewarded for taking risks, not punished. Okay, I'm done. I only got about four minutes left here, so let's let's... Let's keep going with the headlines here. A mass mutual subsidiary will pay $4 million in fines after regulators found its oversight of GameStop investor Keith Gill's trading and social media activities inadequate. The settlement document outlined the company violated state security laws regarding monitoring of registered broker activities. Okay, so that was a lot. That was a big mouthful. Just remember, guys, anything I do or say here, I have to keep like basically forever. I think it's really like three or four years, but I have to basically keep it forever. And if the SEC or the state wants to come look and they said, hey, you said this to the public at this time, like, what did you say? Let me see this. And if they're like, hey, you can't say that. Well, oh, well, it's already been out there for four years. Like, sorry. They're, they could just fine me. And it could be a lot of money. Like, did you hear the fine that, that happened right here? This fine, a mass mutual subsidiary will pay $4 million in fines. Look, all the dude did was talk about GameStop. And now he did it under a... a, a uh, pen name. I, th I think it was like uh, Roaring Kitty or something like that. Some, d some dumb pen name. But he was talking about GameStop and a bunch of other meme stocks, and he's getting in trouble for it. Now look, I'm a big fan of transparency. That's why I'm a fiduciary now. A fiduciary means doing the best for your clients, right? 
Like, was this guy doing the best for his clients? I don't really know the whole situation, but if he was telling people to stick it to the, uh, the, the, um, why can't I think right now? I'm having a brain fart. The hedge funds. Jeez. Um, if he was telling people to stick it to them, maybe not the best advice, but it was good for the overall industry. It showed the hedge funds that if enough of us individuals pulled together, we can stick it to you. Um, now granted those hedge funds probably made back any money they lost within a month or two. So it was more of like a, um, like if that was a fist fight between, you know, the little man and the big man, the little man got one really good punch in and that's just about it. But it was just nice to see. Right. So, uh, just to keep that in mind, guys, there are people in my shoes that we are extremely, extremely strictly regulated, uh, in case you guys were wondering. Okay. Let's go to the big story of the day. Okay. So let me see. 5.4 trillion. That is the big number today. Uh, shares of Invesco were soaring in the pre-market on a report that investment firm, that the investment firm is in talks to merge with straight state streets, asset management business. Guys, combined, the companies manage $5.4 trillion in assets. That is insane. Invesco has a market value of about $11 billion with State Street at, State Street at some $32 billion. In, in a context here, Vanguard, my favorite mutual fund company, they manage about $7.4 trillion, I think. Maybe $7.2. Anyways, it's over $7 trillion. So, And there's not... <laughs> There's not a lot of other companies that come to that level. In fact, I would say maybe Fidelity gets close. Maybe Fidelity. I don't know the specifics. Uh, but with them combining, they're going to be a force in the industry. I don't know what that looks like uh, as far as their clients. I know Invesco does a lot of annuities. Uh, State Street, I think, is more AUM, more managed money, kind of like myself. But uh, shares of Invesco are up 8% and State Street rose 1%. Guys, I don't know what to tell you. This industry is full of a bunch of people who would rather you give them your money and just leave them alone. And I just don't believe that, man. I, like I said, if you, it doesn't matter if you're the brain surgeon in New York or if you're the McDonald's worker. If you invest in early, as early as you can, which means if you're 59 and you're just starting, that's as early as you can. Get started. You won't regret it. Okay. If you're 19 and you're investing, look, I can tell you, I can tell you this, seriously. No real estate owned, no inheritance. I know people who've worked janitorial jobs who are millionaires. Now, it's, not, they don't own $50 million worth of stock, but they have $2 million, they have $3 million, and there's a lot of people out there who have great, great jobs, half a million dollar jobs, and they don't have that much money, right? So keep that in mind, guys. It's not how much you make. It's how much you keep. So as always, guys, invest early, invest often. I hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you soon.